Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Thank you once again for that um, introduction. And here we are yet again. I, I just I just like the way that guy talks. I just yeah. really love that. So uh, we are back today to talk about those things that are important to remarriage. This is Gil and Brenda Stewart again with Restored and Remarried and all those other types of uh, relationships that are long-term relationships where you're in love, but sometimes things happen and not that you fall out of love, but that you forget how to love. And uh, so we're back to talk with you about tools, tips, and tingles for your relationships. <laughs> I so, love that tingle thing. Okay, so Brenda, what are we doing today? <laughs> well, this is part two of a two-part series. And it's all, we named it catchphrases or catch terms because uh, I think early on in our relationship and working through our step family, we were able to create these catchphrases right. that it really brought defenses down, totally reduced conflict. Saved us a lot of grief. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we were able to get to the issues right away. And a lot of times these catchphrases were connected to things in each of our past. Being able to label, like if I come home and I'm just really ticked off and then I'm mad at you and you think... That it's something it's, I did. Yeah. And really underlying that, if I stop long enough to think about what am I upset about, a lot, of, a lot of times it would be something that was in my past that's impacting now. So I would come in and be really upset at you, but really it had nothing to do with you. It was something going on inside of me. So when I found out that it had nothing to do with me, I was not only relieved, but now I knew how to help. Yeah, because you could come alongside me and empathize and really listen rather than being defensive or protective and vice versa. Right. You know, it goes so that was, again, the purpose of why we came up with this, because once it was labeled, mm -hmm. then we knew how to conquer it. Not right. that it didn't have a different twist to it now and then, but at least we knew how, you know, approach the situation rather than setting one another off more and then causing conflict between the two of us. So it helped yeah. reduce the conflict. Yeah. And I think... Overall, I would say it it 100% increased our communication. It was better, but I don't even like to use that word communication. Oh, you remember the word that we called it? Anymore. Mm. I got my word. What's you your were, word? Were you the, the connectication. Well, remember, that's what remember I... Remember connectication? That's what I mean. It's like, I think it's more important when you connect uh -huh. rather than just communicate because it's... I don't know, it's almost like a different level of communicating. It's not, I know, it's not just up in your head, communicating statistics, who's going to pick up the kids, blah, blah, but it's a connectedness in the heart. Right, it's, it's not maintenance talk because right. you got to do that. Right. But then when you're really trying to connect at a heart level, we miss each other. So mm -hmm. these particular catchphrases typically bring out a heart level conversation. Right. So we have eight uh, catchphrases that we were sharing. There were four that we shared in uh, the first part one. Part one. So we're going to finish up with the last four in part two, and then we'll wrap it up. So let's begin. Part two. Um, let's go with the first catchphrase, Brennan. What mm -hmm. is that? Uh, the first one is called foxholes. 
Foxholes. Okay, mm. foxholes in my mind conjures up a World War II movie with people getting shot up, and if they don't want to get shot up, they'd better dig a hole really fast and get out of the line of fire. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's like in the moment. Like, we got to get out of the line of fire right now. We got to duck. We got to get down. Get down, get yeah. Down. Because there, there's a situation going on, okay? How, how are foxholes different than, you know, I, I think just different than any other situation. I mean, because in a step family or even in a long-term relationship, there can be all kinds of relationships that are taking shots at the couple. Specifically in a remarriage, it could actually be your ex-spouse-in-law. Right. And then they pull the kids in and then here's the couple kind of like, oh, wow. So to protect the couple themselves, they need to kind of say, we need to get in a foxhole here. It's almost for a like in the moment. Yeah, like it's the in situation the is adversarial. It's like, okay, we've got to hunker down and figure this out. Because so, you don't have all the facts and people are flying off the handle and it's a way to step back and say, no, no, we're not going to get drawn yeah. into that drama. I love, uh, we did a seminar years ago and share that story about that guy that came up <laughs> on one of the breaks. Yeah, so we had just got done talking about foxholes and then it was time for a break because, you know, people were really needing a break. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see this lady literally pulling her husband up to the front to talk to Brenda and I. And so I says, so what's up? And they go, you know, this foxhole thing. The lady is now speaking and she goes, yeah, there's a situation going on with his children and his ex-wife and it's it's heated. And so he jumps down in the foxhole because he doesn't want to deal with it. And I'm up here still getting shot the heck up. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like the way it's supposed to be because both people are supposed to get down in the foxhole so that you can kind of come up with a plan, pray about it, you know, kind of get the idea, protect each other. And so I looked at the guy and says, okay, so do you, do you like this lady or, you know, (laughs) do you, do you love her? And he goes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, dude, get her down in the foxhole with you, get her out of the line of fire, make a plan so that you come up out of it together. And that's Mm -hmm. the perfect time actually to truly pray for one another, because sometimes you need wisdom on how to deal with those things. But, you know, unless somebody is dying, then don't get in a big rush. Yeah, know? and I just think back on those early days when we a situation would come up, and I can just I can still feel it today, just the frustration and almost anger that would come up. And it's gosh, it's like if I could tell my other self back then to just take a chill pill and gather all the information and um, don't. It feels like you're always being attacked, but sometimes it's just the scenario that comes out that it's just, you know, you've heard the term hurting people hurt people. Can Taking that into consideration, it's almost like you can have compassion for yeah, the, yeah, what feels like anger coming. I don't know, just to be able to take a step back and put it in perspective, and that's what you can do in the foxhole. Yeah, so when you say, hey, let's get in a foxhole, it's another way of a catchphrase of saying, let's not react, let's respond. Yeah, that's good. And also, it's not just your kids and your ex. Yeah. We're all related now. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, and, and that's really, really true. But for the sake of the couple to not, you know, take it out on each other, mm-hmm. you get down in that foxhole. I mean, when you think about those World War II movies, those foxholes were dirty, muddy, mm-hmm. icky, slimy situations, but it was better than getting shot the heck up. Yeah. So, Gil, what's the difference between a foxhole and then on the last, we've talked about the wall. Oh, yeah, the wall. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked. The, the wall is a permanent structure. That is built for the long haul so that we have safety for the long haul. It is a mentality that is a different 
uh, way of approaching life so that it's always protecting us. But eventually, as you had said before, eventually once we get that built, we can actually bring bring the children in behind us so that mm -hmm. they can learn to be safe and in an environment of unity as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Foxholes are different. They're temporary. They don't last a long time, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they are something that you are only using for a temporary situation. You may not have time to get behind the wall. You only have time to jump in a foxhole yeah. and get yeah. out of the situation and duck before uh, something really uh, ugly takes place. Well, I think I've, I've heard couples use this term before where things are heating up because of, let's say, what's going on in the other house and they and actually they say to each other we need to get in our foxhole which is just code for okay wait a minute, we need to hunker down regroup and talk this through so yeah because the other thing too i think in finality with regard to the wall and the foxhole the wall is something again to where that potential disagreement could be between you and i mm -hmm. where a foxhole is definitely something coming from the outside it is in, in it's 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 bearing down on us where the mm -hmm. wall is like hold on a second we don't want a, a wall of division to come between us we want that wall to protect us so yeah. it's a unifying thing yeah. a foxhole is more of a matter of survival <laughs> We've had a lot of those survival <laughs> moments, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Even Duck. now. Incoming. <laughs> Get down. You know, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so another term we want to share with you is one we call phantoms. And mm -hmm. phantoms is kind of an interesting thing because phantom pain is a real live medical term. For people who have had amputations, who have lost a limb due to, for whatever reason, and they may not be able to scratch the itch or, you know, soothe the pain because the limb is literally gone. Mm -hmm. And you can't see it, but you can still feel like the thing is there. And in this case, it could be the remnants of, you know, maybe someone has passed away. And the phantom may be good or bad about that person that's gone, but they're still either haunting the new relationship or it may actually be going competing against the new relationship. Yeah, I've heard that sometimes the a spouse that has passed away, it's like you remember all the good stuff and this person could do no wrong. And then the new spouse is trying to keep up with that and compete with it. That's that. That's the past. That's a phantom. Yeah. How do you beat that? I mean, it's you got to talk about it. Yeah, and, you got to yeah, talk. Yeah. So the other type of a phantom, uh, which may be more apparent in a, a step family remarriage situation, is let's say, for instance, you know, like in my case, I moved into the old house that was yours, mm -hmm. and there were still things that were there unbeknownst to you because those things on the walls, pictures, this, that, and the other thing that were memorabilia and pictures. Of your former family, you would just kind of blanked out on them. They were just part yeah, of the like wall. I didn't see them you didn't anymore. Even see them, right? But for right. me, it was like, whoa, what? You know, hold on a second. This is my house. Who's this? Who are these people? You know, right. they, yeah. a couple of them look familiar, but some of them <laughs> don't. You know, uh, why? Why are they here? And for my kids, when they would come over and visit. They would kind of go, you know, that's kind of creepy. I really, you know, are we in somebody else's family now? Mm -hmm. Well, kind of, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. But the phantoms from leftover family systems, ex-wife, ex-husband, that type of thing, those can really cause the new spouse to trip and fall over things. Yeah, and they can be trinkets or, yeah. you know, I think we, we encourage um, families a lot, you know, for the, the bio kids to have pictures of their bio parents in their bedroom. I mean, that totally makes sense. But, you know, to have it prominently put somewhere in the yeah. house, unless, once again, in the same breath, I know a family that... Uh, her husband had passed away, and there is an old family picture of them 
but the new husband is supportive of that. So and very secure in that relationship. And that's the thing. It's like every situation is different, different. but yeah. it's just a matter of bringing it up and being um, sensitive to how we can help each other and at what point do you move those things out of your line of sight. Right, because to be transparent about that rather than to just hold it in and cause the transparency to not be discussed, then you're you're kind of causing yourself some grief there by at least not talking about it. And if the, the item, whatever it is, photo, trinket, memorabilia, you know, whatever, needs to be moved to a different place so that, you know, it's still there, mm -hmm. but in a more discreet place so that it's not causing, you know, the new spouse, the, the children that are coming and going, you know, any difficulties. Yeah. Phantoms are kind of weird. You know, they just kind of show up out of like, what is, ew. Well, a lot of times people don't know what to do with it. It's like when in doubt, ask. ask. Yeah, yeah, or talk about it and not be defensive. But it's like, what's best for this new relationship in this new family. Right, right. Yeah. So phantoms yeah. coming from so, a different direction. Yeah, Go ahead. So the next one, so we've got foxholes, phantoms, and the next one is short accounts. Short accounts. When yeah. I hear short accounts, I'm not sure what that means. Did, did I do something wrong? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think the way we view short accounts is, so let's say you've been doing something that's just been driving me crazy. No. And I know it's a I can't know you can't believe it, but once in a while it happens. So and I and I know it's been bugging me, and I knew I know I want to talk to you about it. So I really take time to make sure I'm not going to be a complainer or nagger about, it, but really sit in it and say, okay, how important is this a hill I want to die on? How important is this? Yeah, I appreciate that. <clears throat> so that, you're not nagging. Yeah, so that I can say, hey, Gil, you know, I need to sell a short account with you. And when I say that, you know that it's not just a flippant remark, that I've really thought about it and thought about all the angles, and I want to just talk to you about it. So a short account may or may not be negative. It might be positive, too. Yeah. I mean, it seems like more often they're negative because as human beings, we tend to remember the negative Pile ones. them up, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, But piling them up actually then doesn't become a short account. It becomes long, that becomes like a full-blown audited financial. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got yeah. a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. It's like, yeah. well, why didn't you talk to me about this four years well, ago? And you know what happens in most cases, we hear this all the time, is when conflict happens, it starts with this little thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, the past, the past, well, you did this, you know, four years ago, and I'm still ticked off about it. I mean, that just doesn't get you anywhere. So a short account is you deal with the issue right now and you flush it out right right and you're absolutely right a short account needs to be positive i can't remember i need to look up the stat again of what is it you need to take say 10 positive things to one negative thing or something i that's think that's pretty good so much of the time we assume that you know you know like the joke i always say is you know especially if your love language is words of affirmation if i say hey I told you I loved you once. If it changes, I'll let you know. Thanks a lot. How's that working for you? Not so good. <laughs> yeah. Not so good. But I think the other thing that goes along with short accounts that might just for a second talk about is the ability to take your responsibility. Like you said, think about it. Sit in it for a while mm -hmm. so that you're not nagging. And the skill set for that is basically what they call an I statement. Mm -hmm. And I statements really then really takes the perspective of I feel this way and it's making me feel disrespected or forgotten or overlooked or it, 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 that type of thing, rather than you are ticking me off because blah, 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 blah. Right. And in that way, I take responsibility and I have a short account. I need to take responsibility how I feel. Mm -hmm. Now, if it is the matter that you are 
you know, just doing things to be obnoxious, then that might be another story. Yeah. If I can approach you from the place of this is where I'm coming from, I'm not attacking you. Mm-hmm. And and I think when we have these short accounts and we go, I'm going to try to use an I statement, we <laughs> we usually bust out laughing because they're terrible. At they that. are really really hard to do, but they take a lot of practice because we're trying to take care of one another that builds safety in our wall Mm -hmm. unity the Mm -hmm. the mortar stays stronger and you know those short accounts just don't let a lot of crud build up and when you use an i statement we say i fbi so you start with saying i then you state the feeling then you state the behavior uh, and then you, it's the um, C-I-F-B-I, the, the result of it. But if you were to say... The impact. The impact. If you were to say, Brenda, you know, when you leave your socks on the floor, that's the behavior, you know, I feel really disrespected. So for me to hear that from Gil, what I'm hearing is, wow, I'm disrespecting him. How? And I don't want to do that. That's not the intention. Rather than if he said, would you stop leaving your blankety blank socks on the floor, then I'm going to get defensive and then off to the races we go. So, but yeah, those I statements, they, they're tough. They're tough. You have to really stop and slow down and think about it. And I think if you can laugh through them too, I mean, laughter just breaks up any kind of tension. (laughs) (laughs) So those are short accounts. And again, keeping matters short so that they are they are uh, not mountains they are kept as mohills so that you can deal with them as quickly as possible don't don't avoid yeah. because avoiding it begins to build up and then you start feeling dominated blah blah, blah and it just spirals okay so let's go to our last uh, subterm catchphrase for today and and this is a new one this is a new one actually and this one is called unconscious undertoes I want to explain something uh, here because unconscious undertoes has to do really with issues in our personal past. Mm. And typically, an unconscious undertow really may be tied to something that's quite traumatic, and I don't even know it. Mm. And it may not be anything that you did or I did. It just comes out of nowhere, and it pulls you down. It sucks you down. And before you know it, the, the, the trauma has become overwhelming. Uh, and then you actually, the, the, the spouse, can actually be the recipient of kind of vicarious liability or se- not liability, vicarious trauma, vicarious mm. secondary trauma because of what I've experienced or what you've experienced. Mm. This ties directly to something we're going to talk about uh, in a future podcast called ACEs which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it has everything to do with uh, your life in your first 18 years, but even more so in relational trauma. Because if you live on the planet, you have had some form of trauma, whether that's with a capital T or with a lowercase t, lowercase t, Lower, case. lower case T. There we go. <laughs> Speed up mouse, slow down brain. So whether it's with a capital T or a lower case T, we all have dealt with those things. Mm-hmm. But when we're in the midst of turmoil or something transpires between the two of us at a really deep heart level and I am bound up, then there is that unconscious thing that is an undertow that just sucks me down, mm-hmm. closes me off, shuts me down, and I am in a stuck realm. And if you start to pursue me, it actually makes it worse. 
So for you well, to be able to back off. how do I know off, that? And well, how do you know that? How do we know that? Yeah. In that situation, it may require some special coaching or training or counseling to really get to that deeper root because those things are usually buried pretty deep. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not necessarily something that someone experienced in combat or in a tornado or a horrible car accident, but maybe it was unfortunately because of an abusive relationship when you were a kid or a teenager. And it has carried over because maybe you didn't grieve it or you Mm. just stuffed it down because Mm. like, what do I do with this? Because you didn't know what to do. And now here you are as an adult and it bubbles up and it just sucks you down. So an unconscious undertow really does require some really intensive work, but it can be done. And when done, the undertow may not go away completely, but now it doesn't dominate you. So that is something to really understand, like, hey, I'm dealing with an unconscious undertow, and I'm not sure what it is. I need some help. Yeah. So. And that's going to bring strength not only to the person but to the marriage. Right. Because it really is. When you become aware of those things, it's an ability to, I think the way that I heard one couple put it when we talked to them, was is that they were actually learning that this is not walking on eggshells. This is walking on holy ground. And if you're walking on eggshells or on holy ground, I recommend you take off your shoes because you need to walk very safely and very softly with that person who's dealing with that. So enough mm-hmm. of that. We'll get to that in a, in a few episodes mm-hmm. uh, with regards to uh, further understanding that. So Brenda, yeah, review so, for us. What, yeah. what, did we, what did we do in part one again? So the catchphrases in part one, the first one was called the sneaker wave. And remember, that was a it's a situational connection to the past. And then the next one was bare wires, and that would be an emotional connection to the past. Uh, old tapes or open doors, which is a mental connection to the past. A lot the to do with the of, vulnerability factor. Right, uh-huh. right. And then old tapes, new tapes is connected to habits and expectations. Right. And today we did foxholes, which is to dig down Get right now. Get out of the now. line of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Phantoms are could be um, yeah, things from the past, tri- trinkets, yeah, trinkets or yeah. Uh, uh, memories. Yeah, spouse that, mm-hmm, has passed right. away. Yeah, short accounts keep things short and to mm-hmm. the point. Don't let things build up. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the last one we talked about the unconscious undertones. Brenda, yeah. I think as we've been talking and how to wrap up these the, these last two episodes about the use of the terms now. We've been at this now almost fifteen years, and I think as I reflect back on it. We still use these terms, maybe not as frequently. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. because I was just thinking, when was the last time we created something new? I think this undertow one is new. But, yeah, I, and I think because um, we've learned more about each other through, you know, these years. We've The experiences we've had and shared has bonded us and has, has given us a higher level of trust it's with brought, each other. We've, it's brought yeah. healing. Absolutely. Had we not yeah. had these terms, we may, we, we may still be hurting in some areas. Mm-hmm. And I think the forgiveness factor, we um, did a lot of work early on forgiving our spouses and in some situations forgiving ourselves and forgiving each other. That's I think huge. the other thing, too, as I think about this, is is that some of these these terms are tied to pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what do we want to do with pain? Typically, we want to avoid it. We don't want to deal with it. But I think yeah. more and more as I, I listen to the level of conversation, what has cured the pain is for us to run toward it, not away from it. Because the cure for the pain's in the pain. The sooner we embrace it and learn from it, the sooner... Uh, can you say that again? The sooner we embrace the pain and learn from it, then the sooner we can move on. Uh, you know, it still might tough. hurt. 
you know, we, we now have a scar. We don't have a gaping wound that's still, you know, we're not bleeding out, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that still might be a soft point. But if we just keep avoiding it, it never gets a chance to heal. Yeah, you're right. So and any... I think we experience that it continues because with every, you know, child's birthday, now we have grandchildren, every celebration, every wedding, every anything that has to do with the family all together. It's like that scar is brushed and it doesn't hurt as much anymore, but it's still it's there. It's, right. You know that it will never leave us. Right. Right. So. Well, and I think as, as I as I get my final thought on here is, is that more and more trust has been built in the marriage mm -hmm. because, you know. If you ain't got the marriage. You ain't got nothing. Okay. We will see you, hear you, talk to you next time. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one -on -one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.